0: what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be i live my life playing to win i'm after something so much in you keep on playing. we have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And listen, I have really enjoyed all the women that have been on the podcast these last few weeks, just talking to them, getting to know them, and bringing their stories to you. And I know you have been enjoying them as well. So without further ado, we have another guest in the guest chair this week. And Listen, you are going to want to get into her story. Ayana Johnson is a woman of faith, love, and exemplification of God's light. Her mission is to be a beacon of God's light to the world through different avenues of public speaking, published books, mentoring, and mental health advocacy as a clinical mental health therapist. Ayana began her journey with God at the age of 22 in Atlanta, Georgia. The father of her son was sentenced to 20 years in prison when her son Malachi was only 1 year old. So she found herself as a single mother At that age, from that season, she managed to find her purpose by completing her education and becoming a mental health therapist while exploring her capabilities through a vulnerable relationship with God and conforming to a purpose-filled life. She broke down walls of generational curses over her family and loved ones. Ayana's passion is to shine her light throughout the nation by inspiring others to live with purpose in christ let's welcome ayana to the podcast ayana welcome to the podcast thank you so much Um, it's a pleasure to be here for sure it's such a pleasure to have you and we've already heard some amazing things and i can't wait to get into this conversation with you but before we get started i would love for you to tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio
1: a fun fact about me is that I absolutely love traveling the world, preferably where they're serving tacos. <laughs> I love um, Mexican food, Spanish food, um, but I, I, I absolutely love traveling, exploring the world, different cultures. Um, I know when you and I first met, the first thing that I was wondering is where you were from, because I can just tell you had a, a beautiful accent. So that's a fun fact about me. I love it. I
0: absolutely love to travel, too. Um, it's I, I always tell the story and I blame my parents and I think it's really funny. But my dad is a Kung Fu instructor. So every year or every other year when I was younger, he'd take <laughs> his kids on a trip to China so that they mm. could train with the monks. So when I was four, like my very first memory is traveling to China at four years old. So wow. I love travel. And I think travel really opens our mind to, you know, mm-hmm. that the world isn't, although the world is big, we have so many different, sim- we have so many similarities with so many people from different places. Yes.
1: So what has been your favorite place that you've traveled to? Um, so my favorite would be Hawaii, just because I, I mean, the culture the peace, um, the experience. It's just very peaceful. The food is good. And then my second will be Egypt.
0: Oh, those are good options. Two places I have not been and are on my list to go, but that sounds absolutely amazing. (laughs) Now let's get into it. You are a mental health health therapist. What led
1: you to choose that as a career path? You know, Chante, basically, I didn't choose it. When I was young, I wanted to be like first 48 detective. No one can tell me different. (laughs) Watching this show, that's all I wanted to do was like, okay, I want to find out why, you know, why would someone murder someone or why would they hurt someone, you know? So anyway, so I went to school for criminal justice for my bachelor's, and then I decided while I was literally sitting in graduation at my bachelor's, and I was like, "Woof, I'm so done with school. I'm glad that's over." And then the Holy Spirit just was like, "Nope, time to go to therapy to become a therapist." And I'm just like, "What?" And then school psychology kept coming to me. That's what it was like school of psychology. And I'm like, Hmm, what is that about? So maybe you need that to be a first 48 detective, which is what I wanted to (laughs) to do. So, um, I, I ended up exploring it. And as I explored it and I combined it with the criminal justice mindset, growing up, I had a lot of like uncles and my father and most people in my family would be going in and out of prison. So I always wondered, like, why do they continue want to go to go to prison? So that kind of intrigued me, like the, the human mind, like why do people commit crimes and why do they think and do the things that they do? So that's kind of what, um, and as I've been in the field, I'm realizing that it's absolutely a passion for me to see people become the best versions of themselves. I absolutely love what you said, because God will take
0: take our lives and literally our ideas, our plans, and he will turn it around and he will turn it around um, for his good. I remember I went to university and I studied law because I've always wanted to be a judge. And I remember doing law and I remember doing um, criminal law. And although I found criminal law really interesting and it was always my highest grade, I said I would never, I could never, (laughs) I could never be a criminal lawyer unless I was a prosecutor. And I was just like, because I just couldn't, I couldn't. That's what I kept telling myself. And it's funny because I've always wanted to be a family lawyer. That has been my heart. That's what it is. Here we are five years in. And I'm a prosecutor. And I was like, Lord, this was not the plan. But what he showed me, what the Holy Spirit showed me, is that you still need people of God in different areas. Mm. And that's one of them. You need people of God who are going to move by the spirit and not by a, a desire to get the most guilty please, but move by the spirit and say, no, you know, and be that person that tells the judge, you know what? Actually, no, I think this person deserves a second chance. Like this is not. So I really appreciate that God knew what he was doing when he placed me in this place. And God knew what he was doing when he said to you, no, you're not done school like you thought you were.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me, you know, when you just told me your story it reminds me how in, in mind as well, it just goes back to the word about man um, establishes the plans of their heart, but the Lord orders our steps. So like the the foundation of what we desire was still there, but the steps that we had to take was what, what was in his will versus ours. Yes, that is so true. So tell us about your relationship
0: with God and how it led to it. It led to you inspiring
1: others to live a life with purpose. So um, the way that I kind of grew up was like the typical um, poverty environment. I, I was born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. And so my mom and my dad were fairly good parents. My dad was in and out of prison a lot growing up. And so, but the baseline of what I saw was like no one really liked doing anything with their lives, like just typical work to pay your bills. You know, a lot of people on welfare have children and just kind of struggle. So anyway, I ended up um, finding my, dating my high school sweetheart and he ended up going to prison and which is my son's father. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And so during that time, I was really like trying to, I didn't want to be Like I said, I love my mom, but I didn't want to be her. I didn't want to follow in those footsteps because now that I have a child, the same way that I'm looking at my mom and my family members, like, okay, nobody's really doing anything. This is why I'm picking up bad habits that they have, like smoking and drinking and doing all these things, clubbing. So once he got the time in prison, then I kind of made a conscious decision within myself, like, okay, you got to start changing. So to make a long story short, um, One day I was actually drinking and popping an ecstasy pill with some friends at the time. And it was like a voice that came to me. Like I didn't grow up in church or anything. Nobody mentioned the name God in the household. Like I was aware of who God was, but it was never like a foundation there. So at that particular time, um, I was, I had an apartment with a few friends And we had like this picture of God in the living room, but like nobody really served him or no one really acknowledged it. We were sitting around smoking weed clubbing, like that's what we did. And like I was a waitress at the time. So anyway, long story short, we're taking the pills and somebody in the room said, hey, we could die from these pills. Um, We don't even know what's in them. So I heard a voice that came to me like, are you ready to die? Kid you not. And I'm just like, I know I'm kind of high, I've been smoking weed all day, but Did anybody else hear that voice? And I'm looking around, and no one else heard the voice. And so I went and I threw the pill in the in the toilet. And from that day. I got I looked at that picture. I got on my knees and I lifted up my hands and I said, hey, you know, you. they say that you are God, and that you change lives and I want my life to change. I no longer want to keep giving my body to me and I no longer want to be in the clubs. I want to be a great example for my son. I want to live the life that you chose for me if they if that's what they say that you do. And from that moment on, it's just been my journey. Like He removed the taste of weed out of my mouth, the taste of cigarettes, because I would smoke cigarettes. At this time, I was like 23, and I'm 33 now. It's been up from there, literally. Everything that I've endured in this life, I've never been able to like go to my family to say, hey this is how I'm feeling or this is what I'm going through. And this is, you know, can you give me some advice on this is literally just being me and God with every success that I've had, everything that I've been enduring. Um, I am the youngest of my family of four. My mom and dad has four children and I'm the youngest and I'm the first one to graduate from high, you know, from college because one of my oldest sister actually graduated from high school. But I'm the first one to graduate from grad school, you know, and to just to live a life and purpose. And I realized that as I continued to find my identity in God, I started to become more confident in myself. and that's how I was able to um, be successful in a lot of areas.
0: I love that God will come to us in a moment of need, right?
1: Yeah
0: and the Holy Spirit will speak to us and we will recognize God a God who has always been there but we haven't seen. Yeah. And I think that is so um, beautiful that God will craft each one of our stories, each one of our relationships with him in a way that is perfectly fitted to what we need in the time mm-hmm. and in the moment, but still also perfectly fitted to how we are going to go out and impact other people. Mm-hmm. And that just amazes me at how, I don't want to use uh, the word crafty, but just how deliberate and distinctive our God is. Okay. So you, you told us about your relationship with God and how you came to know him. When I want to go back to you and in, in, in being a therapist, how, how, did your relationship in with God transition or marry with you doing the work of being a therapist, a mental health
1: therapist? Well, because of the fact that I realized the journey that it had to take for me to um, develop this sense of confidence, um, overcome a lot of trauma that I was dealing with just with me and God, you know, confessing my sins like Just being honest with myself and open about how I was feeling and what I was going through, and just really taking time to soul search, it all goes hand in hand with therapy. So, me being able to experience and endure the things that I've endured really accommodates my professionalism and my abilities to be very well rounded as a therapist because not only am I educated and I have the ability to like give people the skills and the guidance that they need to become better, but I've actually, God made me do it first. (laughs) He made me work on me first. He made me learn how to explore myself and develop um, myself to another level and identify like unwanted characteristics and behaviors and things that I had to change the way I talk, the way, you know, my environment, the things that I was giving my time to. Um, my consistency, all those things go hand in hand with like working on yourself and developing into your greatest potential. So therapy um, really accommodates that.
0: That is amazing that, you know, you had to do it first with yourself before you were able to do it with other people. So I want to know what are some of the indicators that we can use to decipher when it's time for us to see a therapist, when we're not really in the right mindset or frame of mind, or literally when we just need
1: to say, you know what, I need help and that's okay. So when you find yourself waking up and not being genuinely happy with life and no, and no matter what you try to do, you can't overcome that struggle. Um, That's one indicator. And when you find yourself like coping with your struggles with like drinking alcohol or um, being in toxic environments or toxic relationships, when you're constantly thinking about something like that's replaying in your mind, almost like post-traumatic stress disorder, just constantly replaying some trauma that has happened and not able, not really able to like glow within your own right. Finding yourself getting involved with people with different faces but the same person who have hurt you like if you've been abused by your father abused by someone in the past um or you've been a victim of whatever and you find yourself like gravitating to those type of people same person different face and if you can like really identify those patterns and know that it is a problem. The first step is to, again, acknowledge that it is a problem, that I'm not waking up and I'm not happy. Like I'm waking up and I'm not able to like really genuinely get up and write a to-do list and and be motivated With life and and explore my worth on this earth, and even if I have a relationship with God, I'm I'm really feeling disconnected. I'm not like, where is he during this time? Like, if you have a lot of questions and it's like overbearing stress that you can't really identify, then it's time to talk to a profession. Mm, Yes,
0: I agree with what you've said, and I know, especially in the Black community, there is a stigma about going to therapists, therapist. There is a stigma about talking to somebody. Um, even in the church, there's a stigma that, you know, you don't need therapy, you just pray it away. Pray your problems away. So... What would you say to those people who have that mindset or or nervous about you know taking that first step to see a therapist?
1: So going back to your your statement on like churches or families will just say you're gonna be all right, you know just pray get through it. Life is hard sometimes you're gonna get through it you know you'll be able to manage talk to your friends. I'm going to talk to the therapists and they're just going to give you, you know, you hear all types of stuff. The first question is you have to ask yourself, would you just pray away a heart attack? <laughs> would you just pray away <laughs> kidney failure? I mean, you God assigns people to be able to help you in certain areas. So it's available to you. Um, I just feel like it's important to be guided. So if you're feeling in your heart that you know, you need to go get some help, then more than likely God is guiding you to do that. Like go outside of your friends and your family and find you a safe space that you can actually share with someone how you're feeling and indicate your thoughts, feelings, and emotions so that you can get some constructive feedback, guidance, and insight. So that's number one. And then the second thing of um, why, you know, what would be, what can I say to like help people to acknowledge the importance of going is because if you don't heal, you will never grow. Healing is a part of growth. If you don't overcome your barriers, then you're never going to really reach your fullest and greatest potential. I've endured so much in my life. And I know that I have become a therapist because I've mastered the ability to be honest with myself, if you can tell yourself, I have a problem, something is off, something is wrong with me. And once you do that, if you can be honest with yourself and love yourself enough to get the help that you need, then you can start growing and glowing and becoming the best version of you. We all deserve that. We deserve a life, the life that God has for us. And we've got to work through our stuff to get there. Yeah, you can pray it away, but He's also going to guide you, hey, Go get therapy or guide you and tell you, you know, start journaling, guide you and tell you, let this friend go or or let this person go. You got to still be obedient in your faith.
0: Amen. You do. And you said something really profound. You said, if you don't, if we don't heal, then we won't grow, which is exactly it. Because if we don't heal, we don't grow. If we don't grow, we're not able to live life. the way that god has intended for us to live life so i love the advice that you gave you know be honest with yourself and love yourself enough to get help there is nothing wrong and we say it here on the podcast all the time there is nothing wrong with jesus and therapy just like you will go like you said just like you will go to the er if you broke your leg if you um, were having heart problems, if you were having an asthma attack, you will go and seek a doctor's help. Your brain, your mind, that's a part of your body. So yes. if it needs help, there is nothing wrong with going to seek out the help that you need. And I think it's so important because I think we all need somebody, like whether I feel, in my personal opinion, is everybody needs therapy.
1: Agreed.
0: In some form or another, even when you feel like you don't need it, you need it. And it's so important to just have that person that you can talk to, that you can offload with, and especially having a therapist who also has a relationship with God, because then then you're all on one, right? Your therapist is there to aid you, and then you have God who is the ultimate person directing you. So that's something that I want you guys to think about when you're you're questioning whether you should take that step and see a therapist. Now, Ayana, I know a part of your passion is helping other women to explore and develop their internal beauty in Christ. How do you, first of all,
1: how do you identify what your internal beauty is? <clears throat> So again, for whatever reason for, you know, God has allowed me to go through certain things so that I can have a passion for these things. So if I look in the mirror, when I look used to look in the mirror, I was always knew externally that I was beautiful. No one could tell me different. I've never had any problems with saying, hmm, you can fix this about yourself. You can fix that. Thank God that I have not had those problems. But if I can look at myself and say that I'm beautiful on the outside, there was a point in my life where I would be like, okay, you look good, but you surely don't feel like you look, you know? So that's when I started to acknowledge how important it is for me to feel beautiful um, internally. And so what that means is like doing what you know makes you happy. Doing what you know um, is purpose filled in your life. Um, letting go of certain things and certain people that does not accommodate your purpose. Purpose is purpose must become pleasure. Right. And then in those moments, once you do that, then you will start to feel really beautiful um, because you will feel like you are you. If you could look at your life, if somebody else can look at you, and you'll be able to identify, hey, I'm doing exactly what God created me to do. And I'm loving it. I feel great. I'm exercising. I'm taking care of my body, not only just the physical. You know, if you break a leg externally, you're gonna to go to the ER to make sure that you fix get the leg fixed because it's it's an external thing and you know everybody's gonna watch it or see it. It's the same when it comes to mental, even though people don't necessarily see it, at least you think that they don't, because you can always, well, most people can always identify a broken person. Um, whether you try to cover it up with makeup and hair and whatever (laughs) people can see through that. So um, to be able to explore that beauty from within means like I can be me and be okay with that. And that's just it.
0: I can be me and be okay with that. There are so many steps that you mentioned that are so important. And you said, you know, you may look good on the outside, but how are you feeling on the inside. And as women, I think we do an excellent job in covering up how we're feeling and what we're going through because we're trying to be strong for everybody else. And also, we just don't want people in our business. That's just how we are. And sometimes, or or actually all the time, Covering up what's going on in the inside never leads to anything good. It never leads to anything good. So it's so important to, like you say, develop your internal beauty. So the same thing that we see on the outside, the same beautiful person, the same beautiful creation that God made on the outside reflects what's going on in the inside of you as well. Now, you created a a nonprofit organization called Resembling Ruth. Tell us about Resembling Ruth
1: and tell us about the name. So I established Resembling Ruth in 2012. And so basically, Resembling Ruth, when when I, so I lost a job around that time in 2011. And that was the onset of when I knew that God was telling me like, you're not called to work for other people, like you're called to work for me. Um, you are supposed to be establishing yourself and identifying who you are in me. So take this time to do that. And I'm like, what? I'm supposed to give money. What am I supposed to do? So he he actually led me to write my first book during that time, which is called Ruthless. And so resembling Ruth, I started studying the Bible, the story of Ruth and the biblical story of Ruth really explains like characteristics that we should have as a woman of God, confidence, boldness, beauty, internal, external beauty, um, faith, you know, um, commitment. Ruth was everything. And those characteristics, it gave me the name resembling Ruth because the the, the foundation, <clears throat> the foundation of my nonprofit organization is to inspire women to have those, have the confidence to be and explore their greatest versions of themselves. So resembling Ruth is what we need to do. <laughs> so yeah, that's where the name came from. I absolutely
0: love the name. And it's so timely that you know, you're know you on the podcast now, because I think earlier this week, I listened to two sermons on Ruth and Naomi. And looking at the process and what every everything went through, uh, everything they went through differently. And what I love about what you said is that Ruth has a lot of characteristics that we should be as women and as Christian women that, you know, we're aspiring to have in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so important to point out because I feel like so many, in so many ways, everybody is focused on the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Yeah. And yeah. trying to emulate and be that woman. But when you look at the story of Ruth and just her, and there's nothing wrong. Let me just put that out there. There's nothing wrong with the problem. Prob- now I'm calling it the problem. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the Proverbs 31 woman, but there are other women in the Bible too. And Ruth is one of them. Her consistency, her obedience, her heart, and a lot of other things. And listen, listen, the book of Ruth isn't that long. So even as we're talking about Ruth right now, and you may be wondering, um, what is that about again? I can't remember. Go grab your Bible and read the book of Ruth. There is so much things in there that will help and benefit you, like Ayana has said. So I want to ask you, how does improving our mental health affect our lives and following
1: God's purpose for our lives? Because improving your mental health really establishes your identity in Christ. So it really like gives you the ability to be fulfilled in whatever it is that he's calling you to do, because you you'll learn to accept it. So if you're dealing with trauma, and that's all that's constantly replaying in your life, you're not even able to to explore gratitude for what's happening in your life. So if you can't explore gratitude, that means that nothing's never going to be enough. Because I'm struggling, I'm trying to get over certain things. You know, I'm dealing with depression. I'm in a toxic relationship with a guy. I am, you know, doing things that I really probably shouldn't be doing. So how am I supposed to like acknowledge what God is asking me to do? So taking away a lot of barriers um, that could be a stigma to your mental health is very vital because you'll be able to just really see clearly the vision clearly versus having a lot of mental distractions. Yes. I love how you brought the connection between our mental health,
0: and how it helps us to establish our identity in Christ. And I know that's so very important. Now, you are hosting your first annual conference. She was created for this later this year. Tell us about why you decided to do this conference?
1: She was created for this. Like I said, Resembling Ruth was established in 2012. So I'm not able to stand before you today and actually like be Ayanna Johnson if I didn't go through everything that I've went through. So today I have confidence that I've never had before. I've been through a lot of different aspects of my life. And so this year, God has laid it heavy on me. Like this is the year, like you've done a lot. You've, you've really put in a lot of work. You've been obedient in your journey. You've been searching for me you are ready to give back to the world. So this is my first annual conference that is in alignment with my nonprofit organization, Resembling group. So what she creates, she was created for this. It really targets the woman, the whole person. So trauma, sadness, weakness, confusion, not feeling good, you know, not, not feeling pretty based off of things that you've been through, you know, not being able to really connect with yourself, not really being confident in who you are. It reminds you that the same way that I've went through all that I've went through and I've endured everything that I've endured to be able to look at my life and see that I was actually created for all of this because now it's actually paying off and I'm actually able to explore it and give back to the world. I want to remind women that they were created for their journey as well whatever that you went through is just helping you to be who it is that God is calling you to be. It's actually guiding you, even though it feels like it hurts at times or it's confusing or you don't really have the answers. If you stand firm in his word and be strong in your faith and continue on the journey and realize that this is a marathon, it's not a race. So this is an everyday journey and know that you are absolutely created for everything that you've endured, even when it doesn't make sense. So she was created for this really high I like just that. And so you can really expect me giving a word, and there'll be also a lot of women there. There'll be vendors. So I would like, you know, women to connect, and that's pretty much what you can expect. That sounds like it's going to be such a great experience
0: for those women who need to be in the room, who need to understand, like you said, that. This is a marathon. It's not a race. It's not about comparing ourselves to what the next person is doing, but it's really about becoming one with God, getting our mindset together, establishing healthy boundaries and really moving forward and leaving that conference, leaving your conference, feeling like, you know what? Yeah, I was created for yeah. this
1: yeah. and i'm ready for the next the next the next stage and and so accepting that like accepting that your journey is your journey you know a lot of times women like to compare themselves to other people or feel like they have to kind of mirror like all the influence we have around us in this world you are you and the moment that you realize how powerful that you are and you know the qualities that you carry that cannot mirror anyone else's. I was doing a study the other day and I realized like when a person passes away and they get their fingerprints, you never, ever find fingerprints that are the same (laughs) or handprints. Once they get, you know, the prints of the person who was deceased, that is how amazing God is. He created you individually with a divine purpose. And so Going to this conference and attending this conference, the major goal, number one goal is for women to leave and understand that I was created for this journey, specifically what this journey means and what it is for me is what the goal goal is yes it is definitely
0: definitely the goal now this has been such an amazing conversation and before we go you first I need you first to tell us how we can connect with you but and how we can come to the conference
1: okay so um my social media is aj beautiful just aj beautiful on instagram And also, Resembling Ruth has its own Instagram. So that's R-E-S-E-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-T-H is Resembling Ruth. And again, my Instagram personally is AJ Beautiful. Um, You can purchase your ticket at www.ayana-johnson.com. Also, we are looking for vendors. So if you are interested, you have a business and you're interested in being a vendor, It is going to be a blessing. That's all I'm going to say.
0: (laughs) I completely agree. It is definitely going to be a blessing. Purpose Chasers, as you guys know, I will put everything Ayana just said, all the links, the links to buying the tickets in the show notes so that you can connect with her. And of course, when you connect with her on IG or wherever you do find her, let her know that you heard her on the Pray plan Slave podcast. Ayana, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I pray God's miraculous blessings over your conference. I pray that our minds
1: are shifted forever and generational blessings will flow from it. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.